Amen. Again, my name is Pastor Joe Marlin, and welcome to Epiphany Church. Thank you for coming and worshiping with us. And uh, we are in a series called Faithful, and we've been asking this question. We started last Sunday with Hebrews chapter 1, and today we're in Hebrews chapter 2, and we're asking the question, will you be faithful? As we look through this book, will you be faithful? And today we're looking at the first of five warnings that are written in Hebrews, which as, if you go back and listen, you'll, you'll know that I was talking about it, and it looks like Hebrews isn't really written like a normal letter. It looks like it was written more like a sermon. And the entire sermon, this entire sermon is kind of hung around these warnings, like be faithful, don't fall away, don't go back. Be faithful to Jesus. One of, the, one of the things that I learned in the last few months, and I think being able to go on sabbatical, and thank you, everybody, for that. One of the things that God has really been showing me is you are not going to be transformed because you like me, <laughs> you know? You're not going to be transformed because you like Pastor Joe. You're not going to be changed or really helped in your life because you like my posts on Facebook. You're, you're not going to be changed in, in, in a deep way just because you even show up to church, even because you serve and you give, right? And what I'm trying to say is what will change you is not you liking me or you following this church or you getting involved what will change you is following Jesus. And what will change you is not just being around and being a fan, but listening to what I say and as far as it is the Word of God and doing it. You know? Like we got to do it. Not just like I like the goofy analogies about Terminator and Mike Tyson, right? It's not about that. It's about hearing the Word of God and doing it. You know? And it's like so freeing. It's so freeing to know like it's not about you liking like it's just like we just like point people to Jesus. Just point people to Jesus. And not worry about all that other stuff, you know? You can really love people. You can really preach truth. So let's do it. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 2. Verses 1 to 7. For this reason, we must pay attention all the more to what we have heard. So that you will not drift away. Somebody say drift away. For if the, message, if the message spoken through the angels was legally binding and every transgression and disobedience received a just punishment, how will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? This salvation had its beginning when it was spoken of by the Lord. It was confirmed to us by those who heard him 
At the same time, God also testified by signs and wonders, various miracles and distributions of gifts from the Holy Spirit according to his will. For he has not subjected to the angels the world to come that we are talking about, but someone somewhere has testified, what is man that you remember him? Or the son of man that you care for him. You made him lower than the angels for a short time. And you crowned him with glory and honor. This is God's word. Give us ears to hear it. Amen. Amen. So let's dive right into it. What do we see in this passage? One of the first things that I want you to notice is in verse 3, in the translation that we have for you, it says, do not ignore, right? Do not ignore. And other translations have it neglect. So great a salvation. What I want you to see here is that when we talk about ignoring the salvation or we talk about neglecting the salvation, we are not talking about rejecting this salvation. The author of Hebrews he or she, she, they're talking about, what are they talking about? Christians. Believers. This isn't about, like, will you reject the message of Jesus? This is, are you going to neglect it? And we all know those people. We all know those people who, who, who used to be, right? We all know those people who, who, who used to be on fire for God, right? Who, who used to be like just devouring their Bible, right? Just reading it every day. Who used to be, when they walked into the church, it felt like their feet didn't even touch the ground. Who always was in the church every time the doors were open. Who, who used to pray with their spouse and with their kids. And when their kids were wiling out and didn't want prayer, would still put their hands over them or put their hands on the door and pray for their family salvation. We all know those people who seem to be all in. And now it seems like they used to be Christians. What does it mean to neglect such a great salvation? What does it mean to ignore? How is, what, is, what is the author of Hebrews doing? The author of Hebrews is comparing the Old Testament with the New. The old promises of God with the New. And, he, and, and he's reminding them, or she, whoever wrote it, is reminding them that in the, in the past, well, remember in, in, in chapter 1, what, is, what does the author say? The author says that in the past, God spoke in all kinds of ways through different people, his servants, the prophets, and then also he reminds them about the ministry of angels. And he's making a point that Jesus is greater than the angels. That's what we talked about last Sunday. Jesus isn't on par with the angels. Jesus created the angels. And the angels worship Jesus. And that's the Old Testament. 
And the argument that the author of Hebrews is making now is this. It's not, it's like, look, in the Old Testament, there was punishment for ignoring God's salvation. In the New Testament, how much more? Because here's the thing. We had prophets and we had angels and we had signs, but now we have signs. Now we have the Spirit. Now people who are followers of Jesus can be given a distribution of the ministry of the Spirit where we have gifts that we can exercise, which we talked about a few months ago, right? But, but better than all of that, better than all of that, we don't have to just listen to servants we have the Son. Remember the message last week? The Son speaks. So we don't have to just listen to servants. We don't have to just listen to the prophet who came down the mountain and had a dream of God. God himself came down from heaven to speak to us. And, 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 and to reject him is serious. I remember a deacon at one of the churches that I served had this habit sometimes of sending emails that were like extremely pointed and critical, you know? And, and, and there was a side to him that was helpful because we need different kinds of personalities and we need people who care about things being done well, right? We, we need people who care about things following a certain process because they help the church function as the body. Not everybody can be somebody like me who just likes to, you know, drop a bomb and shake things up, right? Like we need people to build after the bomb has been detonated, right? We need, we need people to, 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 to build things up. And, and, and listen, when you, when, you, but when you talk to this person face-to-face, it wasn't nearly as tough. It was able to see the other side of it. I think we all know what this effect is. It's called keyboard courage. Right? It's one thing to send an email or a text message or to post something on Twitter. And it's another thing to say something to their face. Right? So I want to share this quote to you from the great theologian, Iron Mike Tyson. Alright? So what does it say? It says, social media made you all way too comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the face for it. You know, and listen, it's true. It's true. You have to give respect to certain places. Amen? Like there's certain spots that you go to, certain corners, certain bars, certain areas, you can't talk any kind of way, recklessly. And one of the things... Oh. So sorry. Um, one of the things...
It works. Yeah, it works, brother. Amen. Amen. Need some help today. Y'all didn't pray enough. <laughs> no, <Nah>, man. <laughs> all right, all right. What What's the point of this? You just can't say just anything. And, and, and social media does kind of give us some courage that's not real because we're behind a screen. And we also are taught to have an opinion about everything. Um, one of the darkest places on the internet is the comment section of news articles. Like you go to like philly.com, the Inquirer. Um, you, you, you think like the people in my life, you might think the people in my life are not, you know, that crazy. Maybe you don't think that. <laughs> Depends on the people in your life. But when you know you go in those comic sections, you're like, wow, this world is evil and racist and hateful and insane. <laughs> you know? Because people can just anonymously say whatever they want. And there's no consequence for what they say. Um, and I want I want to turn us to a story that Jesus shared once he says in Matthew 21 and we have the words um, verse 33 said listen to another parable there was a landowner who planted a vineyard put a fence around it dug a wine press in it and built a watchtower he leased it to tenant farmers and went away when the time came to the harvest fruit he sent his servant servants to the farmer to collect the, his fruit the farmer took his servant beat one killed another stoned a third again he sent his servants more than the first group and they did the same to them and finally he sent his son to them they will respect my son he said but when the tenant farmers saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and take his inheritance. And so they seized him, and they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those farmers? He will completely destroy those terrible men, they told him and lease his vineyard to other farmers who will give him his fruit at the harvest. What is going on here? What is going on here? This is patterned very closely after the pattern we see in Hebrews, right? So God sends his servants, and then he sends more servants. And what do God's people what do they do to his servants oftentimes? They don't listen to them. And at worst, they kill them. And so what, what Jesus is saying is, look, look, my people, you, all of you here, I gave you life. I gave you breath. 
I gave you the family you're from. I gave you every single thing you ever had. I'm the reason you breathe. He talks about, you know what I mean? Like digging the wine press and building the watchtower. And it's like, look, I gave you things. What are you doing with it? You act like it's all yours. The way you, you, the way you go and you use your body however you want, the, the way you go and you use your mouth however you want, the, the way you go and you, 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 you do your family like you do, like, and not according to how I have called you to, And what I want you to know, and the reason that I want you to have a goofy Mike Tyson quote is this. When you drift away and when you ignore a great salvation, you are not ignoring like religion. You're not ignoring just, you know what I mean, like this, this church thing that you, you were into for a while. You're not ignoring that. You are ignoring God himself. You are ignoring this relationship that God is offering with you. You're not just dodging Jesus on social media. You're not just like hitting unfollow, but you're still friends so he doesn't know. And then, and then you don't have to hear his constant reminders to live for him. And you, you know what I mean? But like it looks, he's, he's, he's wise to how you're doing things. He knows. And he wants you. And he's saying, don't drift away from me. Don't drift away from me. And we're not even talking about, you know, defiance. We're not talking about rebellion right now. We're not talking about that high-handed sin. We're not talking about that. We will. Those warnings come later. But right now, what we're talking about is just letting your heart just kind of grow cold over time. And just sort of wandering away. Just moonwalking away from Jesus, Right? just kind of move out further and further. So how do you get back? What should I do, Pastor? <laughs> now what I want you to know is that seeing your spiritual need is a gift from God. Do you hear me? Like being in pain and knowing that things aren't all right in your soul is an absolute gift. Um, you know, I, we go down the shore. We try to go every year. Um, I like it down there. And you know when you go down the shore, they got the lifeguards, right? And if you, you swim out, if you go too far, what happens? They blow the whistle, right? And they do this big, like, big exaggerated, like, come back. And, and, and the lifeguard, she's blowing the whistle. She's blowing the whistle, and you're, you're drifting further and further out. And you're thinking, she, this lifeguard, she doesn't know, like, I'm a good swimmer. I'm fine. This is, these rules are for the kids. But what you don't know is that, you know, there's this rip current, <laughs> and it's real bad. And you're out there, and you're going further and further out, and you just are like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And then eventually, you get out far enough 
where you begin to not really be able to hear the whisper anymore of God. You won't be able to hear the whistle of the lifeguard. And what I'm trying to say is, if you are listening right now online, if you are listening in this room, I want you to know that this is a gift from God that you're even able to hear the sound of a voice telling you, don't go out any further. Do not drift away. Because what happens when you keep drifting and you keep drifting, eventually you can't even hear that. I've been there. I know you have too. Where you're so far out there, where even if somebody were to tell you something, you're like, nah, it's not even on that. Like, like, oh, you haven't been to church. You're not doing, are you doing okay? No, I just got a lot going on. You know? I just got a lot to figure out. I got this, you know? And you know in your heart, you're lying. <laughs> right? I, uh, there's, this, there's this preacher. His name is uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. And for those who are, you know, leaders and those coming up, I, I would encourage you to Google him, know about him, because he's this strange character that, um, on the one hand, helped encourage, like, the publishing of all these, like, Puritan books, which happened decades after he was he had his ministry so he, he he brought this revival of interest in this time in american church history that most of us just read a paragraph from a scary sermon in high school and thought all those people were crazy witch burning folks right you know what i mean with pointy hats and and crazy boots but the reality is is that there's so much spiritual wisdom but he also at the same time was this preacher of being baptized in the Spirit. And he was also at this same time this man who helped bring back an interest in preaching the Word of God line by line through whole books. <laughs> so there's like all these weird people that like look up to him, like Calvary Chapel people and Vineyard people and all these like Presbyterians and Reformed people and they're all like looking up to the same guy. He's, he's worth listening to. Anyway... He was a medical doctor, which is why he's Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, and then he gave that up to preach the gospel. And um, English guy. And somebody came up to him after he had preached and said, you know, I listened to your message, and I, I used to think I was a Christian, but now I'm not sure. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm a Christian. I don't know if I'm really converted. And Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones gave a gentle grin, you know? <laughs> like, brother, you're halfway there now. To be halfway to truly being a Christian is to know that maybe you're not one. It's to what I'm trying to say is that there are these rooms in the house, right? And what I'm saying is, if Jesus is in the master suite, the master room, the room of doubt and fear is closer to the room that Jesus is in than the room of shame and I pretend like I don't care at all. 
just being like, well, I can't even walk in that room because if I go in that room, the ceiling will fall on me. I, like people say, I go in the church and the thing will get on fire and all that stuff, right? So we got shame and we got the, I don't care. Don't care about God. And, and being in the room where you don't see God in it, but you have some concern, you wish you did, there's doubts, you don't know if he's on the other side of the door, and you're afraid, you're getting closer. I want you to be encouraged. You're getting closer. God is pulling you in. He's working in you. He's saying, don't. Don't drift away. What I'm saying is that a crisis of faith is sometimes a great gift. Do you hear me? A crisis of faith where you're like, do I actually believe? Do I actually believe this stuff? Is sometimes a great gift. I remember being in seminary, we had a professor who asked us to write letters. And what he said is, listen, write a letter to your spouse and write a letter to your church and write a letter to your kids if you were unfaithful, you cheated on your spouse, or you stole money from the church. I need you to write a letter of what you would have to say to them. That's what the author of Hebrews is saying. Don't act like you could never drift away. Don't act like you could never be unfaithful. It's better for you to wake up and realize you are on the edge of a cliff than for you to just be free-falling and not have a clue. You hear what I'm saying? It is the grace of God for you to come close to disaster in your life and to realize you have a second chance now than for you to just be completely in the dark. Don't drift away. If you can't work your way back, and I would make the case that you cannot just work your way back, and I would make the case as well that the author of Hebrews is not telling you if you have been ignoring this great salvation, if you have been drifting away, what he doesn't tell you is work harder. He doesn't tell you labor more. I, I got this a quote that, that I, I, I would love for you to know. It's from... This preacher, Manly Beasley, if we could bring it up. It's the next, the next slide. No. Yes. Let's say this together. A glimpse of God will save you. To gaze on him will sanctify you. It only takes a glimpse there was that, that Netflix uh, uh, show where if you looked, right, the monsters could get you, could get into your mind, right? So people would be trying to, like, open up their eyes and make you see it, right? And what I'm trying to say is that we know that if we would just look up to the cross, we are saved. Like, God forgives every single sin instantly like that. The moment we turn up and look, we can be healed. We can be saved. But what this, what this guy is saying is, listen, you want to be sanctified, you want to be made whole, you want it to grow, you want to be mature, you want to be more like Jesus. What you have to do is, the, the, 
go beyond the glimpse and then look away, but gaze. And this is what the author of Hebrews is telling us. He doesn't say when you're drifting and when you're ignoring and when you're neglecting God, here are 10 Bible studies that I want you to do. Here are 20 prayers I want you to pray. And here are 30 service projects I want you to go out and do it. What does he say? He says, pay, verse 1, pay close attention. Listen. The secret to faithfulness isn't dialing up your labor. It's looking to the faithful one. It isn't working, but it's watching and waiting. It isn't found in yourself. If you could save yourself, why are you here, right? We know we can't save ourselves. We know we can't even like improve ourselves slightly. Like God is the one who can change you and God is the one who can save you and God is the one who can sanctify you if you would just look at him. So in conclusion, don't drift away. Don't be that used to be on fire Christian. Don't be that used to go to church Christian. Don't be that used to be that prayerful, loving presence in your home that when, you know what I mean, all, you know, the sky falls and there's drama, you're the one praying, praying for God's help. Don't be a used-to-be Christian, brothers and sisters. Let's not drift. Let's be faithful. Because your ability to truly live depends on it. Listen, you can live a fun life without Jesus. But you're not going to live a meaningful life that's meaningful more than this life without him. You understand? You can try to not hurt some people along the way and live for yourself. But Jesus wants so much more from you. Your eternal future depends on this. So don't focus on the fruit. Focus on the soil. And what I'm saying is, if you don't want to drift away, brothers and sisters, if you don't want to drift away, what I'm saying is not add 30 things to your Google Calendar or whatever you use, or the little whiteboard on your refrigerator of church activities, what I am saying is pay attention to what Jesus has done for you. Look to him. Look to him on the cross. Look how much love he's had for you. And the reason that people come, and they come and they pray Thursday night, and then they come and they praise God and they worship on Sunday and the reason that they're in each other's lives and they're going out shopping together in this church and they're, they're there for each other, visiting each other in the hospital is not because they feel like they have to and if they do it, God will love them if they're super involved. No, it's because they know that they want to pay attention to what God is doing and they want to be in a spot and in relationships with other people where they're encouraged, where they're challenged to focus on Jesus and not on themselves.
So let's, let's be faithful. Let's be faithful to the faithful one. Amen? Amen. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for all the stuff you've been doing in this church. It's, it's like we lost count. Um, you're, you're, you're saving people. You're bringing people in. You're, you're raising up leaders. Uh, you're changing our worship. You're changing the atmosphere, God. You're working in us. I pray that this, this, this five-month tour through Hebrews would be one where we walk out of it and we are more faithful to you. That we wouldn't be impressed with, with preaching. We wouldn't be impressed with any of that. But what we would be is that we would just, we would listen to what you have for us. Our lives our Monday through Sunday lives would change. And that we would be healed. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray for healing. I pray for healing in our bodies because we have so many things that entangle us and so many things that keep us down and defeated. I pray for healing in our hearts. There's so many invisible wounds, Lord which have us beaten down and, and have us looking down. And Lord, you want us to run for you. You don't want us to coast at five miles an hour. We're going to tip over. You want us to go 70 down the highway. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would set your people free. Set your people free. Lord, give us all of your spirit, Lord Jesus. Heal us and guide us. God, thank you that you no longer just spoke and speak through your prophets and other people that we have to sort of trust, but you yourself came down and you spoke to us yourself. But to reject you is not just, it's to reject you, God. It's not just to reject the teachings and some philosophy, God. It's to reject you, our maker. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would not neglect, we would not ignore, we would not drift away from your salvation. Amen.